Welcome to the Rise Resolute Podcast. I'm Gina Meyer. I'm a doctor of physical therapy committed to empowering every woman to live a vibrant, fulfilling, experience-seeking, and healthy life. I am so, so excited to have Tanya Bradley on the podcast today. She is a runner and she's actually currently a participant in ARC. I cannot wait to talk more about that. Um, She is a lupus patient and a lupus awareness advocate. She's also an advocate for health equity and racial justice. And she's just an amazing person. So welcome, Tanya. Thank you, Gina. I'm super excited to be here. Absolutely. Um, well, great. Before we get into our conversation, I'm super excited about it. Um, I wondered if you would please give the listeners just a little more background on who you are, Tanya. Okay. Well, first and foremost, I am a vibrant, young, well, young feeling, incredibly vivacious mother of three adult daughters who I'm absolutely proud of oh. and little Jojo. <laughs> uh, my career in volunteerism is vast. Um, currently, I'm a strategist in nonprofit development fundraising uh, for an organization that protects civil rights and civil liberties. I'm also a public health educator uh, focused primarily on lupus awareness in health, uh, health and racial equity. Uh, my first real career was as a paralegal. And I was also a business owner, entrepreneur for over 20 years. Wow, this is amazing. (laughs) I mean, you had me right away when you're like, I'm vibrant. I'm like, yes, yes. (laughs) I love it. So much to talk about here. And I just feel honored to have you on the podcast. So thank you for taking time out to to chat with me today. So um, I think like, let's get right into it and talk a little bit about your lupus journey, because I know that um, it's Lupus Awareness Month, and I really would like to educate people um, on lupus, and then we can get into some of the other aspects um, of your life that you just sort of talked about. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your lupus journey and diagnosis and sort of some of the things that you've been through to start, Tanya? Okay. So so first, I just really want to say that uh, lupus is, uh, in a nutshell, an autoimmune disease, a chronic illness. There is no cure. Uh, the immune system that's meant to protect us produces antibodies that attack our body's good cells as if the good cells were harmful. So what this does, it causes a lot of pain, a lot of inflammation that damages uh, our bodies and, and our vital organs. Um, and there's no rhyme or reason for when a flare happens. It just happens. Uh, and there's no cause to it. So that, that's the hard part about getting diagnosed and understanding what it is. So, like, in 2003, uh, just I'm going to try to be brief with this, too. I had, like, this gangling cyst on my wrist. It used to go away all the time and come back and never was painful. And then it stopped going away. So, in 2003, I noticed that all of my joints began to hurt. I don't think I was 30 yet. It was right before my 30th birthday. And I ultimately had to have that cyst removed. And that's when that doctor who was an orthopedic uh, doctor told me to go see a rheumatologist. And so it took about five years from that point to get officially diagnosed. That's crazy. Um, That's yeah. unbelievable. Now, do you think, you know, I'm sorry, I'm jumping in here, but is that one of the, um, you know, racial disparities here that it takes longer? Or do you feel like that it's just the the quality of care that's received as well, Tanya? I, I think, so it's two things there. I think that it's across the board, uh, hard to diagnose, but the way I was treated, and, and as I thought back on it, I, I think that's where the health equity comes in because yeah, yeah. it wasn't like I'm not having fancy symptoms, you know, these exist. 
And it, it was just difficult to prove that. Right. Um, and then the additional struggle with that is after I was diagnosed, I didn't want it. I didn't take it seriously. I didn't acknowledge it. Um, the only thing I'd heard prior to uh, that point about lupus was I had an aunt that died of it. It was always someone dying. I was like, I don't want this. So I did not get treated for many years. Wow. Wow. And so what finally made you decide to begin treatment? My mom passed away in 2014. And I found out that my youngest daughter was pregnant. So maybe like a year later, 2015, I went for my regular checkup. I, you know, I was already 40. I'm like, you know what? Let me go before I turn 41, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And that's when I found out that at that checkup that my body was a wasteland. I had blood infections, my heart, uh, my, the EKGs was off. Everything was just horrible. And from that point on, it, it remained that way and it got more aggressive over the next couple of years. So as aggressive as that treatment got, the lupus got even more aggressive. So I was on chemo, high doses of oral chemo, high doses of steroids. Um, my vision became temporarily impaired. It came back, but I did lose hearing in one year. Oh I was mobile. I gained 50 pounds. I was an emotional Mental, physical mess. It was so hard. Yeah. It was so hard in time. Ugh, I can't. I can't. It's like making me tear up thinking of what you've gone through. And I have to tell you, I have a very dear friend. Um, her name is Erica. She lives in Corpus Christi, Texas, where I lived for a number of years. And she's a very close friend. And she has lupus. And she and I were pregnant at the same time with our first daughters. Um, she has the one child. And I went on to have a few more. But um, the pregnancy made her get really, 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 she almost died, you know, and some of these things that you're talking about. You know, and I think people don't realize how lupus can affect you and how significant it can um, it, it can be and how detrimental to your health. So, oh my gosh, Tanya, how did you get through it? How did you get through it? And look at the vibrant individual that you are now. Um, <laughs> where did you find the strength? You know, how did, how did you navigate through? I, I don't know. I, I can tell you there there were moments that um, I was giving up, but I what was so crazy, and I don't know if people believe in this or not, but I had a friend during this time who had Hashimoto's, and she passed away. We used to go walking all the time, and which is also you know an autoimmune disorder. We used to go walking all the time, and she passed away. And I remembered like when I was going through this, and there was one night that she had she visited me in my dreams and she was trying to get me to go for a walk i remember this so vividly that i was like i don't want to go for a walk with you i thought about it you know i'm dreaming and i'm like i don't want to go for a walk with you and i knew in that dream had i gone on that walk with her that i felt like i was i was dying i felt like i was dying and i finally said to my doctor i said i can't do this we have to fix it. What do we need to do to fix it? And that's when I started on the chemo, the oral chemo. Wow. Nothing was working. Nothing at all was working. I, when I tell you it was really, really bad, it was bad. And, and 
And I don't typically give up, but it was just that hope and faith. I have my grandson. I have my daughters. I was like, my mom is gone. If if I leave, who's going to be there for them? It was all of that. It was all of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How powerful to have the friend come to you in the dream. And I do, I believe in these things and you know, I think they're real. And I just, I think it's amazing that that sent you on the path to get the chemo and, you know, sort of get yourself on a, a, healthier program. I mean, not that, not, you know, you had to get the treatment, not that you weren't being healthy with your life, but the treatment is grueling, you know, and it's a lot to go through. And I think you really have to mentally decide that you're going to, you know, you're going to be all in, um, which it sounds like is what you did. So, um, on the lupus aspect of this, what, what are, are there a couple, are there any other things that you'd like to get out there to anyone who's listening, um, that really is important for them to know about lupus? I think one is to, you know, not take it, lightly and get the treatment that you need. What else, Tanya? One thing, I I want people to understand that it's not a death sentence. And yes, that comes with getting the treatment that you need, but it's also, you don't have to stop living life. You can live your life. And I'm not making light of it. I'm not saying it's easy. There are some days where every day is hard. Yeah. No matter treatment or not, some days every day is hard because your mind doesn't function the same, your body doesn't function the same, and it changes so sporadically. But don't give up on yourself. Teach people how to deal with you and how to interact with you. So because people don't understand it. So you, so you will become a lifelong educator. That's how I feel about it. But just don't give up on yourself. Yeah, this is also important. You know, and I think the piece too to touch on is this health equity portion of it and, and acknowledging that sometimes, you know, we have these symptoms and that we're not getting answers from the doctor. And then maybe we start to question ourselves a little bit and say, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, and I say, I, t- I tell my patients this all the time, you know, not not in regards to lupus because I'm a physical therapist, but whatever the symptom is and what we're tr- whatever we're trying to navigate, I say, continue to be your own advocate. Push until we get the, an answer, you know, because... Um, you know, just chalking it up to some kind of crazy symptoms is not, you know, it's just not what we need to do, right? You know, we have to continue to um, advocate for ourselves and yeah, and, um, and really kind of pursue the treatment that we need and make sure not to give up. So really powerful stuff. Um, It sounds like um, I saw your post for your mom, you know, I lost my mom also. It sounds like Mm -hmm. your mom was a strong presence in your life as was mine. And that you're a strong presence in your daughter's lives. So this question for me just has so many layers. But I really believe in the power that we as women have um, to help other women and just to help them live vibrant, connected, um, healthy lives. So tell me, Tanya, in your life, have you witnessed that power of women helping women? Yes. So so there are two very personal moments that, that come to mind with that in and actually, one is related to my mom passing away. And because she passed away suddenly and unexpectedly, I felt so lost. Um, I was 40. I was like, oh, my God, I'm the matriarch of my tiny segment of the family now. And typically, this is a moment. Uh, that's a time when other women in your family, like aunts, step in to be a support system. But that didn't happen for me. So my closest girlfriends, my mom's friends and the mothers of my friends stepped in as support and confidence to ensure that I didn't stay lost. And that has been helpful for me from that point until now in the years that follow. So it's about just 
being willing to step in and lend that support as a woman, just the presence and the word. So that was one thing for me. And another moment, and this is actually related to the health education, I was given a speech uh, to a sorority of women and of all ages, but most of the women present were older. And there was a moment in that speech when I was commenting about how I've been dismissive of my symptoms and making excuses, like I just needed to rest or I just need to eat or I'm too busy. And I noticed that there was almost a unanimous motion of head nods and affirmation, right? And mm-hmm. I completely changed the course of that speech. And it became somewhat of a fireside chat. Um, three generations of women talking about being accountable to one another and not just about health, but I know my mom's generation didn't talk openly about health or anything for that matter. And that was a nice moment and a confirmation to me that I was actually doing the right thing, but that women, we really need to stick together. Yeah. We really need to stick together and help each other out. I love it. Getting a little <laughs> choked up with this one, but it's so true. And I think across all barriers, you know, across the, whatever divides us as women, we as women have to be a collective whole and, and hold each other up, you know, and, and forget the things that we, that we feel like make us unalike and remember the things that bind us together. Um, you know, and I, I just think it's so powerful. And I, I think what you're talking about with this opening up and, you know, and your mom's generation that they didn't talk as much as really just being authentic with one another, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And sharing our true selves and, um, and by the same token, really letting go of judgment, you know, not judging each other um, and not competing with each other, but being our authentic selves and seriously being proud and happy for each other and our successes and supportive and, and the times of difficulty. Mm-hmm. That's important. It's very important. Yeah. So I love all that. Um, it sounds like, gosh, you've just like done such amazing work in your life. And I love to hear about about all of it. Um, I think it's phenomenal. <laughs> um, I'm a little inspired over here. You can hear it in my voice. Um, <laughs> okay. So tell us a little bit more about running and how it's shaped you as a person. And, you know, just for the listeners too, it's not easy to be a runner and have lupus. It's by no means a death sentence, like you said, but it's, you know, it's not easy. And so tell us a little bit about, you know, how running has shaped you and helped you develop um, mental skills, grit, perseverance, that sort of thing, Tanya? I, you know, I, I have to be honest. I don't know why that question elicited such an emotional reaction just now. Um, but I, I started running because of the lupus and I just, I was so embarrassed. And, and I know I had no control over this. I was so embarrassed by how much weight I'd gained. And it was just like this, sure vanity thing but I was like I need to get active I need to lose this weight and and uh, uh, but I will say that running is still shaping me as a woman but it definitely has shaped my fortitude and perseverance um and and such that running is a process that yields in my mind it yields immediate results in some areas right like my trainee will let me know if I've been ill-disciplined or if I've been uh, procrastinating in one area, you know, and I, I know that I can't get too much further by jacking around and yeah. not doing what I'm supposed to do. So I have to immediately address the areas where I'm slacking or even lack courage to keep going. Because like you said, it's difficult to run with lupus because I have to meet the challenges with the inflammation. There's always something. There is always something. Right, right. <laughs> so that 
numbers leads me, but it's strengthening that that fortitude. Just my foundation has been strengthened with the money. And even with this program, and I want to say that the art program, um, I wasn't sure if I should apply because I had been running already, but I just didn't have the courage. I didn't have the courage to keep, keep going because I would get injured. And I finally realized I need to learn how to run. Yeah. Yeah. And allow me to be committed. And that's what is just these past four weeks have been phenomenal for me. I love to hear that. And it's so true. And so for listeners out there who are wondering about ARC, just a really quick, quick little um, snippet on that. Uh, we provide an eight-week program that is free of charge to the participant. And it includes um, online running coaching. It includes virtual physical therapy to you know help with any pain symptoms. Um, uh, matching with a mentor. And so you're matched with an athlete mentor as you journey through. And you have mindfulness uh, training and also um, a nutritionist available to you. So that is the program yeah. that that Tanya is going through. And not only do we bring women to running, um, but we also support women like Tanya and her running journey and, you know, continuing to build that foundation. And I just like, it gave me a little chill when you said courage because, yeah. you know, and here's the thing, you know, it's all the tools, right? It's all the tools that bring you the courage. It's the, it's the good, it's the training program designed for you. It's having a physical therapist to talk about your needs. It's tapping mm-hmm. into mindfulness and intention setting. You know, it's, it's having that mentorship, but what it really is too that brings the courage in my opinion is just the connection the team that we're all like working together to help you um you know build this new foundation for your running so I love that and I'm so glad you're a participant and the other thing that I love that you just said is that running is continuing to shape you um and I I think that's so powerful and I think that that could be just kind of applied to life as well um you know that we have to open ourselves to continue to grow through our running and through the things that we're facing in our lives and continue to be shaped because that's the exciting thing about life right we're always growing and we're always learning new things and that's the exciting thing about running too we can always grow and learn new things um, and it, it really is what makes it so powerful for us um, another thing with running and we're gonna this kind of leads into my next question and another reason I'm so pow- um, passionate about arc is that running of course helps us physically our physical health is very important and running helps us you know manage our weight and fight other comorbidities and you know manage all kinds of uh, physical um, challenges, but it also empowers us mentally, gives us mental skills like resiliency and stress management and confidence. And like you said, courage. Um, so what I want to hear, um, is I want you to tell us a little bit about, um, about in your mind when you are having sort of a rough day, Tanya, and you're like, ah, and you need to draw on some mental skills, um, that you've learned running or elsewhere. What are the skills that you draw on when you're having a bad day? Gina, I have, I, Gina, I am unapologetically selfish. <laughs> so I stop and breathe deeply. I drop whatever I'm doing and I turn off all outside noise. I put myself first. No phone calls, no text messages, no social media. I will drive to the beach. I don't even like to drive, but I will drive <laughs> to the beach. Um, even if it's going to a botanical garden local at one of the local parks. But I sit I take in the serenity and the beauty of that moment. So selfishness is the main mental skill that I draw on. It supports and protects my peace. And I I have no problem. I think we all should be selfish uh, in in that way. I, I really do. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, especially for moms out there, I think sometimes it's just really hard for us to... 
um, even justify taking time for ourselves mm-hmm. and nurturing ourselves. But it's the only way to stay strong for our kids and, you know, all of those people in our lives that we're connected to. We have to take that time to refill our tank. And so I love that. Um, and obviously, you know, taking time for yourself is a priority. Are there other priorities that you have in your life that you want to share, Tanya? Um, this kind of goes uh, into that and what you tied into about being a mom. I wish I had learned to be more selfish early on, but I was young, a young mom, so I was just focused on getting things done. So the one thing that I prioritize now in my life is my happiness. My happiness is my number one priority because uh, I used to take so much time for everyone else's stuff. And because of my health, I, I just don't give people, not even myself, room to disrespect my joy. So when I found happiness in my 40s, mind you, I was almost 45 to be exact. I was like, whoa, this is euphoric. This is nice. And I was so glad that I reached that point. I was like, this is is it, (laughs) that I protect that. That's my priority. Oh, man, I love it so much. And I think there's so much in there for people to take away. Um, And and a few snippets of it are that, you know, it's always a choice to choose to live a happy life. Um, You know, it's always a choice. It's not easy sometimes, right, to choose the things that bring you that happiness and joy. Um, But it's always worth it. And I love that you said that you don't give people the room to disrespect your joy. Oh man, that is the best. If we could all take that on board, you know, and just remember that like every day is important to our overall well-being and our happiness. And so I get out of this mindset of like, oh, well, when this happens or when I do that or once the week is over or once this deadline's met mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, f- find joy in every day and don't don't make room for anything else, you know. Um Love it. Super, super powerful and a great message to put out there. Um, And speaking of what we're putting out there, before I go into the final few rapid fire questions at the end here, is there any other encouragement, Tanya, that you'd like to put out there for women who might be listening today? Um, there, There are variations of this phrase or notion that that says that sowing and reaping do not occur in the same season. There's a reason for the season you're in. So my words of encouragement are to be gentle with yourself, give yourself room to fail, thereby giving yourself room to grow. Ah, so awesome. I love it. Yes, totally true. And I think, you know, what I take away from that when you say sowing and reaping don't occur in the same season, it's that, you know, we have to go through some of the difficulties to get to the other side where the the really bright spots are. And, you know, if there were no sadness, I think that the joy wouldn't be as as bright and vibrant either. Right? Yeah. And so it's just all part of this fabric of life. And we, you know, we can't, we can't give up when we're faced with those really tough times um, where we feel really sad and it's super hard um, and and just trusting that the next season is coming. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I just love it. Um, Well, awesome. So before we wrap up, did you, would you like to share with people how they can follow you, Tanya, if they want to get connected or learn more? I am pretty much a plain Jane. So it's Tanya D Bradley on Instagram. That's D as in David, Tanya D Bradley 
uh, Tanya D. Bradley on LinkedIn, um, Tanya D. Bradley on Facebook. Well, that's easy. It's easy. All right. Well, awesome. I, I really encourage any listeners um, out there to follow Tanya and also to become more aware of lupus and, um, you know, the effects and how you can help. Um, yeah. And I thank you so much for sharing all of that awesome information. And now for the few wrap up questions, um, I like to just put a little more positivity out there as we close, close the episode. So the first one is this, Tanya, and you talked about a few things, but, um, for me, um, I know we talked about priority priorities, but I want to hear about just some simple little things in your day-to-day life that bring you joy. So I dance in the mirror every morning. I do. I do. I, it doesn't matter what it, it is. <laughs> is there music involved or is there? Sometimes, yeah. most times there's music involved. Sometimes there isn't. It's just, it's just enjoying just this new day that I have to do something differently. Yeah. Um, um, I love my gardening. I'm, I'm doing vegetables this year, so I'm, I'm learning. So it's a process, uh, but it's also, it brings me a little bit of peace. Um, and I have this thing about scents, uh, like aromas. So it's a, it's a form of aromatherapy, but not really. I love body sprays. I spend a lot of time in stores smelling body sprays. <laughs> <and> body- <laughs> I'm with you on that. I totally get it. You know, the funny thing is too, with COVID now, it's hard to like really smell the stuff as well as we could before. Cause they're like, don't pull your mask down. And I get it. It's all good. But, um, but no, I'm totally with you on that. I, I, I love the sense too. Um, the next two are complete the sentence. Okay. So this is going out to anyone who's listening today. Um, and it's, I'm going to have you complete the sentence. The first is never forget. So never forget, complete that sentence. To do all things through love. Ah, beautiful. Really beautiful. And I think when we come from a place of love, we can't go wrong. Right. Um, super beautiful. Okay. Last one going out to the listeners, complete the sentence. You can find joy joy is my jam you can find joy yeah you can it's all around you when you look you can find it everywhere I just love that joy is my jam too in fact I just did a podcast interview um on someone else's podcast and she asked me for one word to describe myself and I it took me a minute it took me a minute but then the n word I decided I decided on was joyful it sounds like that would be yours as well Tanya we connect yes, on that. You are joyful. You're very joyful. Oh, thank you. I know. I mean, there's no other way to be, you know, life is short and precious. Um, and there's, you know, we need to spend it finding joy every day. So love it. Love it. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I have enjoyed it very much. Thank you so much, Gina. I've enjoyed it. Awesome. All right. And listeners, thank you for coming along on this ride with us today. I hope we've given you some new perspectives and some different ideas um, and that you'll take away some of the awesome pieces of advice that Tanya gave today um, to remember that that joy is important, not to give anyone room to disrespect your joy and, and to remember it, that you can continue to grow throughout your lifetime, whether you're a runner or not. We believe in you. We are so much stronger together. Let's lift each other up. Connected, we can rise.